This is an ABC podcast. You can have many best friends, but your dog only has one. You're so big, Monroe. That's one of the sayings up on the chalkboard at the Maitland Animal Management Facility. I know, I'm raising you up, I'm so sorry. There are other cute corny ones, like best friends are the ones with paws, and sometimes when you rescue an animal, they end up rescuing you too. But things are tough right now, with more and more people surrendering their animals as the cost of living rises. Hey, I'm Laurie Dixon. Today on the Newcastle Hunter Catch-Up, what happens to your pets when you're struggling to find housing and put food on the table? Every day we are taking 10, 20, 30 fine calls for people to surrender their animals. People across New South Wales are straining to find accommodation that's both pet friendly and affordable. That's forcing people to dump pets in overcrowded shelters or risk becoming homeless in order to keep your furry friend. When you think of a dog named Storm, you might think of a big, strong guard dog. But this Storm, a little black staffy cross, is the opposite. You're just welcome to push it down if you need. What do you want to say? Oh my god, she's so cute. She's full of energy as I come and meet her owner, Cynthia. How long have you had Storm for? I've had her since she was four weeks of age. And you rescued Storm? Yes. She was in an extremely, extremely poor state. She was very unwell. Lots of vet bills, lots of vet visits, lots of medication. She was not in a good way at all. Cynthia rescued Storm when she was just a puppy from an illegal puppy mill. Storm has a lot of health issues that require her to have special food and wear special collars, which are pretty expensive. She's a Staffy Cross. Don't know what with, but just Staffy, I just call her. Bit of everything and she's just my baby. (laughs) Staffies are just classed as like they think it's an aggressive breed where they think Labradors are the best or something like that. And that discrimination just hurts, it's painful really. I think they're the most loving dog and biggest heart. Can go through absolute chaos with their beginning of life and then now it's just like, love me constantly love me. I want 24 hours day love, basically. A lot of chaos, but life with Storm is just amazing. Cynthia, how did you and Storm come to be here, where we're sitting right now? Um, This is a friend's place. So due to being homeless, uh, struggles with housing, and I had nowhere else to go, and so my friend then opened up his house to both us, and I've been here for five years, and I'm being thankful, um, but it's definitely a struggle because obviously it's not my house, not my area to be in, but... How hard has it been to get secure accommodation for you and Storm? It's practically impossible. I've applied for hundreds of emails, phone calls, text messages, online websites, real estate websites, real estate agents, not just in New South Wales, but out of state as well. I've also tried with like crisis accommodation, housing, 
which has very, very long wait times as well, which is hard as well, so. Cynthia has been struggling to find accommodation. Having a dog has only made that more difficult. What are the main reasons in your eyes that's making it so hard to get housing at the moment? Basically a dog. It's pretty much, it's having a dog. And I have been asked would I, by many people, would I get rid of her? Would I surrender her? Would I even dump her? Just, or even euthanise her? And I just refuse. She's my baby. How do you feel when you have been told by people or people have said to you, why don't you just surrender Storm? Or why don't you give her up for adoption? Or you don't want to think about euthanising her, but how do you feel when people say that? Angry, sad, I go through a lot of boxes of tissues and it just makes you feel like, is there no end to this? Will I actually be homeless forever? For many people like Cynthia, giving up a family member is not an option. But for some, there's no other way to find shelter. At least today, I think we've had at least 10 and it's only lunchtime. 10 seeking to... 10 yeah. seeking rehoming. People are just moving out and leaving the animals behind. Dee Walton runs the Maitland Animal Management Facility. Generally, most times they're unmicrochipped, but we do track these people down. When I've actually spoken to some of them, one of the things that they often say is, we tried for weeks to find somewhere for the animal to go and there was nothing, you know, and out of desperation, they've done something silly. She reckons the situation right now with pet disposals is as bad as she's ever seen it. We had a lady today wanting to surrender two dogs and she was straight out honest and said, I cannot afford to feed them and my children. Cost of living is, is so bad. There is a gentleman that I know that was living in a tent with his five dogs and two cats with his wife um, because they couldn't find anywhere to go. We've got people living in their car at the moment in Maitland that our ranger, we've given one of the rangers a big slab of food to take it over to them because they'd rather live in their car with their animal than give up their animal. This is the worst I've seen in since being running pounds mm. and rescues. You know, every rescue that I've always been able to rely on to help us, I ring them and they say, Dee, we don't even have enough carers. They want to help, but they can't get enough carers. So, you know, years ago, some rescues had hundreds of carers. Now they've got sort of like maybe a core group of them and they're all overloaded. Dee's being forced to turn away animals constantly because there's just no room right now. We communicate with rescues all the time. We also communicate with other pounds and shelters around New South Wales. And it is the same everywhere. We're getting other facilities ringing us, asking if we can help them because they can't even fit strays in. The problem is across the board, not just Hunter. And I guess the rate of animals leaving the facility with new owners or being rehomed is not as fast as them coming in? It's far less. So, for example, today we rehomed a dog. That one dog, we had three come in after that one dog left. And that's exactly what it is. As soon as we get one dog out or a one cat out, we're thinking, yes, double will come back in. People want to have pets. The desire is there. But the rental market is so strained at the moment, which means that shelters are bearing the burden. 
you know, we've always been able to um, move animals along. At the moment, there are so many people out there that want a pet. Mm. They can't get one because they can't get approval to have one. Or they've lost their jobs and they're barely surviving. Look, I honestly think that they shouldn't have to declare if they've got an animal. Now, I have been on both sides of the fence. I have been a landlord and I have been a tenant. And it's a really hard one, but to play devil's advocate, I can get it where you get people that are so irresponsible they don't care what damage they cause to the property. And then you've got beautiful people that are very respectful. They don't have children, their pets are their children. And they'd be happy to pay a rental bond. But what I have heard from people is the moment they actually say they've got a pet, they're knocked down on the list. Landlords in New South Wales effectively have total discretion over whether they can let someone have a pet. It's a massive issue. The majority of ads that we see for rental properties will say um, no pets and people when they come to us and say we're searching for somewhere, we're getting knocked back, they're not allowing to have pets. So pets are important family members but are being left out of the equation in, in tenancy law at the moment. Nicole Gerges is the coordinator of Hunter Tenants. She's dealing with many people who are struggling to find accommodation, including those like Cynthia who want to keep their pets. I think there's there's a real squeeze regardless. And so if you do have a pet, it makes it just that much more difficult to compete. We, we speak to people who, you know, their, their pet is their family member, might be their only support. A lot of people uh, are saying to us that their option is to, to sleep in their car if, if they're lucky enough to have one, which is a terrible thing to think about. Um, but they're not able to, to house themselves and their pet and so that their vehicle or, um, you know, we are seeing stories of people who are, who are resorting to tents just for their basic housing need. The newly elected New South Wales Labor government made an election commitment around pets in rentals renters would be able to apply to their landlord to have a pet. And if they don't receive a detailed decision from the landlord within 21 days, then the request would be automatically approved. It's unclear what this will look like in practice, but Nicole wants to see more done to accommodate pets, like banning no pet clauses in rental agreements. We would like to see some some more reasonable legislation um, that actually considers pets to be part of a household Tenancy law currently talks about responsibilities and so a tenant has a responsibility to to keep the premises in a reasonable condition and not to cause damage. So tenancy law already covers those issues that landlords are worried about. There isn't really any need for these no pets clauses. For the current situation, she reckons a resume for your pet can help. You know, they might have a little bit of a profile and a photo and, and sometimes some references from previous landlords. That's a really lovely way of introducing a pet to a prospective landlord. But there's more to be done. You know, in New South Wales, we, we have an opportunity. We've seen what's happened in other states, what's working, what's not. And so, so we can build on that and think about what's going to ensure that you know, tenants, who two million of them in New South Wales, have the same opportunity as someone who owns a home to have a pet as part of their family. And they're assuming it's because they've got a dog. And a lot of people are applying who have a dog, but then they just... <laughs> Beep. 
And then, but they're just not getting told like. <laughs> Stormy, I'll interview you in a second. Back where Cynthia is, Storm's resume would probably read friendly, energetic and loving. Um, you know, like they're not getting told that that's the reason why. <laughs> Licking the microphone. You're a good girl. Oh, she's so cute. She's so gentle. Right now, though, Cynthia is weighing up leaving her temporary accommodation. At the moment, it's like looking at a brick wall that's 20 feet deep, 20 foot wide, basically, with no end. And you just don't know where to go because I can't be here for long, obviously, and I am in trouble from being in here and it's not a safe place. And then I basically have started buying camping equipment, unfortunately. I have been looking at where... there's sheltered, like, barbecue areas where you could hide in a toilet overnight and things like that mm. if it comes to it for just me and my dog. She's at the top of the list for crisis housing, but services are under a great strain at the moment. But she's not going to leave behind Storm. I think there needs to be more laws for being able to have a pet. Yes, like, have like a profile like a human does, basically a rental history for a pet, something like that. Be more open to breeds, be more open to understanding that this pet is your life. They're another child, basically. They mean the world to you. What would you say to someone who may be listening that is a landlord or someone like that, who is in the position where they can choose to have someone in a house or not? Like, what would you say to them from your own perspective? Please just give us a go. Please understand, please understand that Staffies are such a love bug. They will love you conditionally, as Storm is. (laughs) And just give us a go, basically. Just try, even if it's, even if there's such thing as a short lease, like a one month trial basis, that you'd be, you'd be surprised at how good some people can be really, and how much people are fighting and just want a roof that they call their own over their heads, instead of living under a tree. The Newcastle Hunter Catch-Up is produced on Awabakal Country. It's presented and produced by me, Larise Dixon. It's produced by Toby Hemmings and Michael Black. Our digital producer is Keely Johnson. Executive producers are Blythe Moore and Lucia Hill. If you like the pod, give us a review wherever you get your podcast. We'll be back next week with more local stories from around Newcastle and the Hunter Valley. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.